Welcome back to another episode of the Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy Into the Night, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And we are both from Predator Minute. Hey! Another podcast that breaks down a movie one minute at a time. That's right. We are happy to be here breaking down a different movie. This is our third week in a row. Look at us. Third day in a row. <laughs> third day in a row. <laughs> Look at us. Start over again. No, no. <laughs> we'll keep that. Okay. Today we're talking about Minute 43 of Into the Night. Minute hey. 43 opens with Ed asking, how did you get involved in all this? And Diana mm. saying... That's what I have to find out. <laughs> so the opening and closing of this minute almost sounds like a nonsensical conversation. Like, how'd you get involved? Well, that's what I'm here to find out. <laughs> and end scene. Podcast over. Good night, everybody. Good night. 43-minute <laughs> long movie. We are done. Yeah, we get th- we get this uh, minute, which is really just uh, the whole thing is one long conversation between uh, these two and... We get a lot more details about what she's involved in, why she's running. Um, mm-hmm. Ed seems to forget about his towed car for a moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, she opens up. This is kind of the first time that she really kind of opens up and gives him some details about what is happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says that these six emeralds that the bad guys are after are these stones from a these scepter stones. She says stones. Yeah. These stones are from really, really drawing that word out. Yeah. The stones from an ancient Persian King. And then she, and then she, she asks, do you remember when the Shah fell <laughs> and the Royal family fled Iran? Yeah, I remember. I, I was, remember. was just hanging out there. I remember when that happened. <laughs> I was right next to the royal palace, and all this shenanigans started yeah. breaking out, and just down the block. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's she, referencing here the 1979 Iranian Revolution, in which the Shah, backed by the U.S. at the time, was overthrown, and the royal family had to flee to Egypt. Mm. Yeah. Are, you do you know much about this? period uh this event in history john or just i know you are a history teacher but uh i I know just as other teachers know that we tend to be experts on what particular (laughs) stuff that we teach so this might not be something Mm -hmm. that you are an expert in but i'm curious is this something that you remember studying um, Uh, i don't have three no, I don't have a lot of experience studying this. Uh, other yeah. than, like I was saying, the U.S. was backing for uh, about forty, almost fifty years the the Shah uh, of Iran, who is not a necessarily a religious leader, more of a secular leader. And uh, over time, the religious side won out, and the, the 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 people wanted to install a religious leader, and that's where you have the Ayatollah coming into power. Right. And um, I believe. I don't even want to jump into the whole Contra affair because I don't know that history very well, but I know that's wrapped up in um, Iranian politics too. Well, that's okay, John. What we really care about are the stones (laughs) stones. that were taken from the scepter. 
The stones. That apparently is the cause of all the trouble here. So she has taken the stones. We are to assume that these bad guys chasing after her want these stones. Mm-hmm. And bad enough that they have killed someone uh, to try to get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's laying it all out for him right here. What do you what do you make of this conversation? Uh, well, I make of this, she says they're from an ancient Persian king. And the ancient Persian king that comes to my mind is Cyrus, otherwise known as, a.k.a. main alias Cyrus the Great. Um, Cyrus the Great. We mostly know from biblical history, so take that with a grain of salt because facts and figures and places from thousands of years ago can change over time uh, with different interpretations and the different translations. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Uh, But Cyrus led the Persian Empire in the uh, 7th to the 6th century BC. It's kind of hard because you have to do it backwards. Um, but right. he is most known in the Bible for decreeing that the once destroyed temple in Jerusalem be rebuilt. Um, and looking at the Wikipedia page, there's still there's reports out there that that decree has been challenged over the years. Uh, but that's what most people would point to him and say, yes, he would decree that uh, because of that, he his stature is seen as someone as a leader of an empire who is more accepting of different cultures, religious beliefs, mm. accepting of uh, like the local governments at the time, whatever they, whoever they would conquer, they would usually just allow them to rule themselves and just collect tribute uh, th- throughout the empire. Mm. So I guess a benevolent emperor, if you will, Cyrus the Great, that these stones were handed down from. If that's the case, these stones are old Super and old. No wonder priceless. So, yeah, so that explains why it's not just any old six stones that you could find in a jewelry shop. These are not just stones, but they are historical artifacts. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and what, what's what's her pay cut? Do you remember what she says in the minute? She says twenty five grand, right? Twenty five grand, which I looked up at sixty thousand today. Still not very much for smuggling these no. priceless emeralds. She says it like you know. He said that they, he was going to give me twenty five thousand dollars. I'm like, really? I love she brings it up here because it's it's kind of like when someone is telling you a dollar amount that they're owed or something like that, with almost the intention that you're gonna right like care because of the dollar amount, like. 25,000. Okay. That's, that's a dollar amount that doesn't really mean a lot. If it was like millions and I could see, you know, trying to grab someone else's attention or um, get a reaction out of that. But yeah, if I brand, yeah, you are smuggling priceless ancient artifacts, you know, across international lines, uh, you should be asking for like at least a half a million dollars, I think. Yes, yeah, so priceless, so? priceless. No. Uh, so about four thousand a piece, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> priceless, right? Like twenty five thousand. Like, what are you going to buy in nineteen eighty five? You can you're going to buy. Uh, you can maybe buy a couple. I don't know four Tauruses. He was going to give me twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. about it. You know. <laughs> so not not much couldn't buy much and they're like okay it's just enough to start an investment i guess yeah yeah i guess you could put it into a growth account <laughs> <laughs> uh, she mentions these crown jewels i did a quick look and they showed up on wikipedia too under iranian crown jewels uh, where it mentions 
when the Shah was overthrown and the family fled, that the jewels, all the jewelry, the stones all stayed in Iran. There was fear that those would all be taken. And in fact, it says in the article that only a few items uh, were smuggled across the border, which might explain like the source of Michelle Pfeiffer's character's mm. MacGuffin possession. Uh, but yeah. the most, but for the most part, the crown jewels stayed in Iran and they're on permanent public display uh, as decreed by the leadership at the, t- um, at the time and still to this day. And what I found interesting was that um, that they're considered so valuable. The crown jewels are considered so valuable that they're still used as a reserve to back Iranian currency, which oh, is crazy to me. It's like banking currency off of, you know, silver and gold. Right. Just, you know, whatever you bank currency off of is just, it's fascinating to me. <laughs> and Iranian currency is based on partly at least that these crown jewels. The stones. Yeah. Uh, so then she says, uh, if I lose the stones, I'm dead for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting. So we are to assume that whoever is chasing after her, if they catch her and find out that she doesn't have them, that just her knowledge of having seen them is going to make her dead. Yeah, so, it seems like so a petty kind of revenge kill. So it's yeah, yeah. painting the bad guys is really just... I don't know, petty and not cool bad guys. Not cool bad guys. They will just take her out so that there's uh, one less witness in the chain of events, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so she does this or says that. She's once again says, you have to help me here. And then we get Goldblum looks back at her and points his finger and says, who were those men chasing you? Mm-hmm. And he, I like he's got a good little expression on his face here. Um, yeah. And you mentioned, we were watching this minute together, you mentioned that it looked like this particular shot looks like it might be green screen. Yeah, and maybe he's just lit from the back. Um, yeah, it's hard to, to tell. Give him an out, outline glow, but the way he goes against the background and the way he's like kind of almost pointing to the camera, not quite to it, but from this lower angle looking up, it, it's kind of a cartoony shot with him kind of shaking his finger it in her is. face, making his own kind of goofy inquiring face. Um, and you're looking up at a, not like a set horizontal and vertical background, but everything is kind of an angle behind him. So it's a little yeah. disorienting. Um, it I looks a it little maybe, out of sorts. Yeah. 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 A composite shot, possibly. Possibly. And she she mentions the bad guys. Uh, the bad guys in the movie are credited as Savak. And at first, I thought that was just some kind of weird, random organization that they're they made up for the movie. No, Savak was the secret police, the intelligence service in Iran under the Shah. So for whatever reason, the bad mm. guys are still sorry. For whatever reason, you have agents from this defunct intelligence agency that dissolved six years ago and. I don't know why they're still trying to chase down the crown jewels. Why wouldn't be the newer intelligence agency under um, the new regime? Maybe they just didn't name it that, or maybe they're trying to, you know, keep the ties to the Shah's rule of Iran for, I have no idea what yeah, reason. Maybe they're just loyalists, you know? Yeah. Maybe yeah. They're just like it's, it's reminding us of our country and like, we want to, have these jewels to remind us of the good times before the revolution. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, uh, all I was going to say was that in detail. And when you look at the Wikipedia for Savak, you see 
a lot of the accusations of what the intelligence agency was known for, the brutality, the interrogation methods, uh, the political imprisonment. And then you might be thinking, wow, that's like, that's terrible. How can they do those things? And then you look at this list worldwide of intelligence agencies and you're saying, yep, 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 yep. Like us here at the US, we have a great number of agencies just dedicated to the collection of intelligence. So who knows what's happening behind the scenes? Maybe yeah. we only know this about Savak because they're overthrown. And now we know a little bit more about them because they're exposed after uh, being overthrown. Yeah. And at the end of the minute, she says, I need to make a deal with these guys. Yeah. Um, so it's in her mind, her only way out of this is to meet up with them at some point. Like she's running, running right now, but mm-hmm. she's uh, conceding the fact that she's going to have to try to talk to someone in charge, make some sort of deal, maybe make an exchange mm-hmm. with, you know, some money for the jewels. The stones. Uh, we will, of course, find out later. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we start to see kind of this uh, crime thriller plot uh, unfold. We kind of get a sense of what the second half of the movie is going to be like here. Mm-hmm. It's just inevitable that they're going to have to confront the bad guys, confront their pursuers. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens towards the end of the movie when that happens. Well, I think we've done it, John. Have we talked about Minute uh, 43? We have talked about Minute 43. So thank you, listeners, for joining us on the Into the Night podcast. You can find this podcast on iTunes and Google Play or at the main site, nightminute.com. Into the Night Minute has a social media presence on Facebook at The King Lives Listeners Limo and on Twitter at Night Minute. So I've been John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. And until next time, oh, wait, that's what we do for our podcast. (laughs) Stick around. Uh, No, no, but please join us here next time on the Into the Night Minute for Minute 44. Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category.